you for tuning in for another week of Bible study. I am your host, Latanya, and today I am going to teach about the kingdom of God. But first, let us pray. Heavenly Father, open our hearts, our minds, and our spirits to your understanding through the Holy Spirit as we eat of your bread, humble ourselves, and come into the knowledge of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. First, I want to start off with a very familiar scripture in the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 33. It says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. That means pursue, to go in search of, or try to acquire or gain. A kingdom itself is a rule or a realm of a king. So you can say, I am seeking after a dominion, a realm of the king, Lord Jesus, or God, and his righteousness, which is his divine or moral law. When you are righteous, you are free from guilt or sin. You are justifiable. And then that is where all these things shall be added unto you. Why? Because you sought after God first, and the things of God then followed you. So the scripture of seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you, it gives you a formula, if I can put it that way, as to what comes first. The very first thing that we should be doing as Christians, as believers, as saints, is following the kingdom of God. How do we follow the kingdom of God? We pursue after him. We seek after him. He's supposed to be sought after by us, the people he created. And so when we seek after God and we are pursuing God, of course, the things of God is going to follow us. They're going to they're going to run us down because when we're in right standing with God, the things of God come with him. And I hope that makes sense. Just talking about the kingdom of God, I think a lot of times we don't really know what that means because the kingdom of heaven is a place. The kingdom of God is his method. It's his way, his right way of doing things. Okay, so that is the way and the reason why we read the word of God. So that we can know how to live, how to speak, how to dress, how to walk, to walk into the spirit, to walk in the spirit of God. Um, the number two thing that I want to talk about is Romans chapter 14, verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not meat or drink. This means for people who are fasting right now, <laughs> this means that your fast is for you. Your convictions are for you. However, but righteousness and peace and joy of the Holy Ghost is what the scripture says. For the kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but righteousness and peace and joy of the Holy Ghost. That is what the kingdom of God is about. It's about moral living. It's about peace. It's about you being free from hostility and oppression. It's about joy. And the, the, the great thing that I found out about joy is joy is a result of knowing and serving God. Joy is a fruit of the spirit. So when you are um, seeking the kingdom of God and when you want to enter the kingdom of God, joy comes with that as you live right, as you as you are a peacemaker, as you do the right things of God. That joy that comes is a result for being with God, for following God, for um, obeying God. And so when we look at the kingdom of God, once again, 
the scriptures tells us exactly what the kingdom of God is and what it's not. And that's why I'm going over a few scriptures here. It's not about what you eat and drink. I know we are fasting and I know that we have our times of fasting, but that's not all what the kingdom of God is about. Our fasting is for us to align our spirit with God. It's for us to be able to hear clearly. It's for us to obey God. It's to get directions and instructions by way of the Holy Spirit. So when it tells me that for the kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but it's righteousness, it's peace, and it's joy of the Holy Ghost. You can't forget the Holy Ghost. And I just talked about the Holy Ghost last week. So um, that's number two. Number three. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. In other words, Paul was saying that the kingdom of God is to be lived, not just discussed. He relied only on the power of the Holy Ghost, as he did in chapter 2, verse 4 and 5, so that the power of God would be trusted, believed, and the focus was on God, not man. For the kingdom of God is not word, but in power. There is power in God's word. There was power in the kingdom of God. Why? Because we have the Holy Ghost. So when we have the Holy Ghost, we have power. But like I said last week, you also have to receive that power. The Bible is very clear on the subject of who does not enter into the kingdom of God. And I want to go over some of those as well, because I know God loves everybody. He does. He gave his only begotten son so that we may live and that we may not perish. Just because God loves us, he's not going to force himself on us. He's not going to make us love him back. So he gives us a way of choosing. He gives us a way to choose life or to choose death, to, do, to choose heaven or to choose hell, to choose God or to choose the devil. We all have a choice. So the first thing I want to talk about um, is Matthew chapter 19, verse 14 where it's hard for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Why? Because money answereth all things, as the Bible says. And when some people have money, it's the money that becomes their God. The Bible also says that we cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon is money. So it will be hard for a rich man to get into heaven, not because he has so much money and he's not poor, but it's hard for him to get into heaven because he may have made his money his God or her God. And so when you don't know how to distinguish what you have made your God, then you won't put in order or you won't um, acknowledge um, that you have allowed a person, a place, or a thing to become your idol. You have now stepped into idolatry. You have now become the person who worships the things of God instead of the God who created the things. The next thing that I want to talk about, it says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. That's Mark chapter 10, verse 15. You have to come with faith and trust in God like a child. Nothing else will do. You can't come prideful. You can't come knowing it all. You can't come thinking that your way and your thoughts are better than God's. You have to come with the faith of a child. The next thing that I want to talk about is John chapter 3, verse 3. 
Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Which means what? Which means you must receive Christ as your Savior and repent of your sins. That means you have to renew or confirm a commitment of faith. God is simple. He's not complicated. We make him complicated. We over-exaggerate the scriptures sometimes or we interpret them in our own way. But God is very clear. Except you be born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Plain and simple. And in order to be born again, you must believe that Jesus is Lord. You must believe that he died on the cross and rose on the third day so that your sins can be forgiven. If you do not believe that, if you do not have a heart of repentance, you have not been born again. The fourth thing I want to talk about is 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 50. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Why? Because God is a spirit. And so are you. Your spirit got to be right. That's plain and simple. You cannot go into the kingdom of God with your flesh and, and your blood. Your flesh cannot even come into the kingdom of God. Let's just put it that way. There's no fleshly thing in the kingdom of God. Galatians 5 and 21, everything opposite of God being holy and righteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Why? I'm going to read that. Galatians 5 and 21 says, envying, murderers, drunkenness, revealings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Why? Why can't envying people, murderers, drunkenness, and revealing things go into the kingdom of God? Because they're the opposite of everything God stands for. They're the total opposite. If you say, thou shall not kill, that's murder. So that's the opposite of God. We just have to read the word of God and be very clear so that we know who we are and whose we are. We have to look at God's word and understand what he wants from us. There is a heaven and there is a hell. There is right and there is wrong. There is good and there is evil. There is no in-between. You have to be hot or cold, not lukewarm. So when we look at the word of God and we're studying about the kingdom of God, the one thing that I want people to take away is to go look at the scriptures of the kingdom of God. Go look them up and go see where you fit in and where you don't. If you are going to inherit and if you are not, we all have to ha have to repent. Some of us won't, but we all have to have a heart of repentance. And we all have to come and, and humble ourselves and seek the kingdom of God. Seek the kingdom of God first. When you seek after him and when we look after him and we when we try to find out who he is in the scriptures and we, we, we break it down and we read it over and over and over again and we pour all of his word into ourselves and into our spirit, that is when we can then take a step back and say, okay, this is what I'm doing to get into the kingdom of God. This is what is going to lead me into the kingdom of God. These are the things that will not lead me into the kingdom of God. And then you begin to tear off and, and shake off those things that do not please God. You begin to distance yourself from things that do not please God. 
So if you don't know the word, you can't do the word. You can hear the word all day. We all can hear the word every day from millions and thousands of people. But if we're not going to be a doer of the word, then we're reading this in vain. We're, we're studying in vain. We're listening in vain. And so we need to get to a place where we look at God's word and we look at ourselves and we evaluate ourselves and we examine ourselves according to the scriptures. That's what reading the word is all about, is for you to examine yourself, see where you fit in, see where you um, got it wrong or maybe where you got it right. And then you go from there. It's a relationship. Just like you got a relationship with your husband or your wife, there's some things that the other person may not like. They may not like if you say certain things or do a certain thing or wear a certain thing or go a certain place. And you only know that by being in relationship with them. You only know that because they express those things to you. You only know that because they've told you. And so it's the same thing with God. God is telling you what he wants. He's telling you what he needs from us. He's telling you where he would like for you to be and where he would like for you to end up, where he would like for you to, to come into a place and into a relationship with him that benefits the both of you. Because he wants to pour out his love on you. And he also wants you to receive that love and love him back. When we talk about even love, we as people who are not in relationships will say, well, I just want someone to love me. You got someone to love you. The person that created you loves you. And if you don't know that by now, that's the first person you need to go receive that love from. He is the ultimate of love. He he is the only one that can fulfill every void that you have. And so I hope that this lesson of the kingdom of God um, inspires you to just look within yourself, to just look and see where you have allowed God to do the work in you by you pursuing after him, by you seeking the things of him and, and, and loving on him in the way that you never thought was possible. God loves us. God loves you. And that's real love. That is real love. I know a lot of times we have a misinterpretation of what love is. And we have found out what love ain't. We, we surely found that out. We found out what love was not. But love, God is love. He is love. And he wants every one of his children to enter into the kingdom of God. And all of his righteousness. He wants us to have a, those moral values. He wants us to do things the right way. He wants us to forgive. He wants us to love. He wants us to go and sin no more. He wants us to be the light in the world, to be the salt in the earth. And when we do what he has asked us to do, all the things that we could ever desire, all the things that we could ever want or need will be right there. And so I pray that this word blesses you today. I pray that you do enter into the kingdom of God. I pray that you receive God's mercy, his grace, and his love. I pray that we all just come into the kingdom of God as humbly as we know how and let him do what he does. So I'm going to end this in prayer and I will see you again next week. Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you that there is a kingdom of God. 
that we can enter. I thank you, O Heavenly Father, that you are love, you are joy, you are peace, you are righteousness, and that you are our Father in heaven. I thank you, O Heavenly Father, for sitting on your throne and your son Jesus sitting on your right hand. I thank you for the Holy Spirit that you've left here in the earth for us to have, that we may be guided and led into all righteousness. In the mighty name of Jesus, may every person under the sound of my voice be blessed. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. God bless you all.